0: Hello and welcome to this week's, or well, this episode I should say, of DJ Force X in Conversation. This is episode 95. i um, taking a few weeks because a lot of live stuff's going on, so I won't bore you with that, but uh, thank you for listening again. Uh, I've got Martin Turner this week. Um, he is... Um, the frontman for Martin Turner's ex Wishbone Ash. Uh he was formerly of the band Wishbone Ash back in the um well, he was a founding member. And um currently uh they are preparing for a tour uh to go out uh mid-september in the uk it starts off a little bit earlier in europe um but it does like a a month-long tour over the uk where they're playing the debut album wishbone ash um in its entirety along with some of his new stuff and some other wishbone ash classics um so yeah the interview was great because um this was like one of the bands my 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 dad used to listen to and stuff and obviously i remember music in in and around and uh yeah it was um it was certainly um just the opportunity to interview someone like this uh is always good because you know being someone who's been in the industry for as long as they have and you know and the music that actually um i sort of went back and listened to that first album and I remember a couple of those tracks when like just traveling in my dad's car or, you know, just around. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was really good. Um, but yeah, um apart from that um everything else is sort of swimmingly uh going i'm going to be producing a new podcast for anyone into sort of tabletop gaming uh specifically necromunda um which is sort of um uh, it's a warhammer um franchise and um i'm going to be producing an audio um possible video as well i'm sort of seeing what's going to happen with my living space and things like that to see if that's a possibility um but yeah i'm going to be doing that as well so anyone who's interested in that just keep keep your eye on my feeds. I'm kind of going to cross everything over rather than have multiple feeds for everything. It does have a separate, um, Facebook group, but that's only just to sort of keep the music from it. But everything else I use, Twitter and Instagram is all going to cross over. Um, apart from that uh still uh my shows on total rock uh, i've got dj Force X in conversation which is basically this show but with added music um that goes out every sunday at 6 p.m um and now i've got my crossing the stream show which i'm gonna get back into i've kind of been neglecting it a little bit just because of everything that's going on um but you know no no excuses i should sort of keep on top of that um but yeah that's every Tuesday at 11 p.m. and it kind of repeats throughout the week and I think even a Saturday night slot is on there from like 9 or 10 o'clock I think uh, but keep your ears out for that if you're into kind of like an electro crossover punk metal um, sort of electronic dance music type thing uh, do listen to it I mean I've talked about it before um, and uh, yeah if you dig that kind of thing it's also a MixCloud. cloud you go to my MixCloud cloud page which is mixcloudcom cloud forward slash DJ force X and you'll see all the episodes I've done so far which is uh, I think it's like a 169 or something silly like that but um do check it out um but for now i'm gonna leave you with this interview so yeah this is martin turner of x wish ash enjoy It's um it was funny I, I once I organized this or got this confirmation through, I, I realised you were playing in my neck of the woods on Saturday. Uh you played at Wayfest. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I um yeah, I just... I lived just down the road from there and I didn't realise I was working. And so um, really? really? I was like That's... Oh, we could have done this face to face. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um that's
0: a really nice festival as well. Yeah. No, I've been uh, I've been away from the area for a little bit, but it was nice to see that festival still going because they were doing it back uh well, I left the country for a bit and came back, but um um yeah, no, it's it's a nice area. I go down to that rural life center with my kids and stuff and uh and uh-huh. we do there because they've got like a working farm and everything and a steam train and all that kind of stuff and the kids love it, so.
1: Yes, they normally have that running, actually, but they didn't the other day.
0: Oh, didn't um, they? Oh.
1: No. Okay. Yeah, because they we were saying, oh, we, we can, you know, what the dressing room was like at the other end of the festival to where we were going to be playing. Yeah. So,
0: so, um, yeah, I mean, you're here today um to chat about uh, your forthcoming tour, um, uh-huh. which you've got coming up um, in, uh, it's about three or four weeks, isn't it? I think it's the mid-September you start?
1: Well, we go off to uh, we go off to Holland for a week at the beginning of September. Okay. Uh, yeah, then on the we actually start in the UK. I'm just looking now, Chiselhurst. That's, that's the middle of September. Yeah, yeah. People club South East London night. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and we're going to be performing the whole of the First Wishbone Ash album.
0: Yeah, I, I I read that in the press release. That's really really cool. I'm, I'm going to have to make one of these shows because there's a couple of tracks in that album. My dad used to listen to you guys a lot, oh, um, along yeah. with a lot of other sort of like prog rock <laughs> um, when I was younger. So yeah. I was I was very much like aware of your music when um, I got sort of like yeah. I, I approached this interview. And um, a couple of the tracks from that particular album I really love. I've got um, Errors of My Way and um yes. queen of torture they the two they go back to back on the album but um right right yeah. those two songs when i hear that it just instantly takes me back to listening to music with my dad you know um yeah. and it's it's sort of not that i'm that young but um i was born in like 1980 so obviously mm. i was very young when exposed to your music my dad loved the kind of prod rock he loved um the kind of uh folk uh, side of things as well and it, he he was a guitarist so yeah you know, he loved Clapton, right. he loved yeah. Vi, he loved, you know, all those sort of um groups as well. But um no, I remember this yeah. in particular and I, when I saw it come saw you come through and I was like you know, I hadn't listened to it for a few years, but I went back and I was like, Oh yeah, no, that takes me right back. <laughs> so um
1: Well me 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 too really. Uh, yeah. I mean when you listen to that stuff now, I mean we were we were young lads at the time. You know, we were uh, very young and mm. naive. <laughs> newly, freshly scrubbed and newly arrived in London in late late 69. Yeah. And that first album, um, I mean, I always joke about it, that you know, in terms of like, you know, clearly my um, testicles hadn't dropped completely <laughs> because the signature keys of the songs are so high, you know, the vocals, yeah. um, which is a bit of a challenge, you know, nowadays to be able to sing up there. So you know there's usually a way of doing it, and um in some cases we we need to drop the
0: key, yeah,
1: but uh you know it it's it's good it's good music um very very straightforward, and all they're all interesting little stories about things that were happening at the time, you know, yeah, so um yeah.
0: Yeah, no, as I say, it's it's like, it it takes me right back. And like I said, I'm going to have to come and watch one of these shows and listen to them live. Because that's the one thing I've never, I've never seen you guys or never seen you live or any formation of your, what you've had before.
1: Right. No, really. I mean, if you were born in 1980. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the original band did some shows between 87 and 91. Yeah. But what would you you would have
0: been? I would have you been know, about eleven. Yeah. Old or something. yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I would have been too young for that. So uh <laughs> really? yeah. um, but no, just, I just I it was it was very interesting listening back to that to that particular album um as well. And I I sort of um did like a, a I put a playlist together on my on my system and listened to some other tracks that kind of um uh, oh, yeah. of yours that kind of went through. So when you when you when you're playing obviously playing this album in its entirety for this particular yeah. tour. Are you including any other um wishbone songs with that or are you playing some of your own yes. compositions?
1: Yes. Yeah, well what we'll do is we we'll usually do two sets uh, yeah. with a little break in the middle. Half time as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and one of those one of those uh, sets will be the first album and the other one will be, you know, a a collection of um Bushbone tunes, there'll probably be an August song or two in there. Yeah. Uh, That being probably the most popular album. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what we do. We mix it up.
0: Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, um, with your, with your current band that you have, um, with you, um, what, what sort of, um, what sort of background do they have? Um, are they, are they formed from, um, bands of your time or are they sort of new musicians that you've kind of picked up on the way?
1: No, they're, um, They're all based up around Leicester. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Danny Wilson, um, one of the guitar players, has been with me for a long, long time. Mm. Um, He's a Leicester lad. And, of course, they were thrilled to bits when Leicester won my premiership a few years back. (laughs) Mm. And then uh, he, when our former drummer moved on, um, he uh recruited a chap called Tim Brown. Um again, you know, he's 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 very close to Leicester, near Melton Mowbray, I think. Yeah. And then we needed another guitar player at one point who um Tim had done sessions with this guy who had a studio in Misha. Yeah. He's he's from Serbia originally, but okay. he he lives up in Newark, which is a little bit further up. Yeah so they're all they're all based up north and um you know when we get together for rehearsals and stuff i usually travel up to them um and you know we we work up there basically because it's it's a lot easier for me to stay overnight than it is for all three of them to come down here yeah, yeah. um and it works a treat they they're all you know great guys um we've got a a good solid uh Base, um, you know, there's a lot of. It's not just about being a musician. You know, you, you've got to be able to cope with the rigors of being on the road. You know, lock, locked in a tin box, schlepping around Europe and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite demanding, and um, you know, one's personality is every bit as, and your attitude is every bit as important as your ability to play an instrument. Yes. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, no, you definitely yeah. you have to get on with the person. That's kind of first oh, and foremost, because yeah. you know you've kind of got it, them it. playing an instrument already. They've obviously got to play at yeah. some kind of level, but then you know it's that personality. Because, like you said, you're stuck in a in a in a tin box right. <laughs> for absolutely. a lot of it, and uh, um,
1: absolutely, yeah. it's
0: really important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I'm oh, yeah, former I former musician myself, kind of touring wise. And yeah, yeah, no, you really, luckily yeah. I've been with people that I could actually, you know, get on with and, and understand and, you know, sort of know, right. know when to leave um, it and know when to dig. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'll, also you you the various families involved, you know, you need, you need, um. A wife or a girlfriend who understands when you've got to go away and all yeah. the rest of it. You know, it's it's a tr- it's a tricky equation to make it work. Yes. Um, but very important to get it
0: right. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Um, so um, going back to the sort of music side of it. Um, you released a um yeah. an album uh, not long ago now, wasn't it? It was uh April. Um, the beauty of chaos. Um, was it a, yes. a live? It was a live album, wasn't? It? Yes, it was live at the Citadel. Um, how has that, that been for you? How's that been received?
1: We yeah, are good, you know. I mean, it's it's not like the seventies where you know we're we're with a a, a massive worldwide record company selling mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of copies. You know, is is on a smaller scale than that nowadays. But you know, the, there is a, a hardcore following of people that support the band, and, and you know, they, they buy the products that we put out. And uh, the feedback tends to be good. Cool. Um, I mean, that was recorded a while back and features quite a lot of the um, solo album that went out you know, about three years ago called Written in the Stars. Yeah um there's, there's a lot of m- the material from that being performed on the
0: album yeah okay excellent excellent so um with that I was going back just a little bit to what you said there about obviously the changes in the music industry because I'm always interested in this side of it um like obviously you've been in the music industry for a good say thirty forty years now um and you've and seen- more and more <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, yeah. yeah i can't i can't remember what year it is at the moment anyway but it's, um, <laughs> um how have
1: you Well i okay to so- to, to tell you, I started gigging when I was very young. Okay. About 15. And I started up in about 1963. Okay. You know, gently at first, just yep. playing local youth clubs and stuff. Um, we had a semi professional band in the 60s called the Empty Vessels. This was down in the West Country. Yeah. Um, that was uh, myself, my little brother, Glenn, uh, who's a bit younger than me, and. Um, we eventually got Steve Upton, who became the Wishbone drummer later. He he was with us as well from about '66 on, I think. Cool. So you know, we we I always think of it as doing our apprenticeship. You know, during the '60s, we were playing popular songs of the day, yeah, by you know the Kinks, the Who, etc. And then um, I we we all came up to London in '69. Um, to it a crack at becoming a professional setup yeah. and we we met miles copeland who was newly arrived in london just like we were mm-hmm. who was looking to become a manager in the music business and, and it was just a perfect fit really and that's how we got going
0: cool and ha- over those years of, of being in the music industry obviously they you, like you say yeah. you, the apprenticeship years and then when you got um signed to a label um how have you viewed the sort of changes in the music industry as you've been a part of it? Because it has evolved, it's kind of gone around on itself, um, and the old ways are not quite good enough anymore or don't they obviously let like, so you see don't sell as many records, if you will. How has yeah, that I how has that I, sort of view been from your point of view from having that era of of, of sort of big bigger I guess consumption no it's not really consumption the purchasing of the actual physical product i suppose is probably the better um, way to look at yeah, it, compared it, to it, now. Cha-
1: it 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 changes all the time mm. i mean it's it's very what would you call it very mercurial if you like yeah but the the overall um, view that i see is, is that people people do love music you know um there are probably as many, if not more, people listening to music as a whole now as there were, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. It's it's just um, more more specialized and available in more different platforms, if you like, you know, whether yeah. it's in- internet-based or Spotify or iTunes or, you know, you're just... So many different ways that it can be delivered nowadays, um, whereas back in um, in in the 60s, you know, you, we were talking vinyl. That's your lot. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, my kids, you know, when they were growing up, they're sort of coming to me saying. Daddy, how would you play these big black CDs? <laughs> you know, because they knew it was a record, but they couldn't understand that you fitted it into a CD yeah. player, which was the only thing that they knew. So, you know, it changes all the time. Um, I mean, the important thing is that, you know, music is important to people. It It, it inspires them they love it, it it fits with things that are happening in their lives, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it hasn't changed in that respect. Yeah, Um, Music music is just as important. You know, the changes in the various different ways and the various different types of music, you know, the people put labels on all these different genres now, you know, I've got a lad who's involved in drum and bass and there are so many different aspects of that yeah you know so there's there's a lot of stuff out there for for sure yeah which is um amazing really
0: okay cool that's cool i mean i mean do you do you get involved much in the business side of it or do you generally leave that to sort of other people when it comes to? i
1: am not i am not a (laughs) businessman no (laughs) i i uh um you know, I wouldn't say clueless um but you know my my bias is very much on the creative side okay you know i I am a writer of music uh, i I love lyrics and words which i I also do um and and especially you know both performing live and uh I'm a studio animal I mean I've had a recording studio since the early seventies which has grown and grown, and, and and as has my expertise. And yes, I'm a bit biased in the direction of the old analog type of recording. Yeah. Although I use modern digital techniques, I still at the same time use, you know, like old compressors and things with valves in from yeah. the 1950s and 60s, because to me that just sounds better. is the sound that I know and love big, fat, warm, juicy sound, you know, so, yeah, it's, um, I mean, we have all these tools at our disposal, you know, it's, everything has become flicker and uh, miniaturized and virtual and all the rest of it, Yeah, and it's just really adapting to that and how well you you can learn to use it, which is the same as it ever was, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I was, um, when I was in college, I did um, sound recording and, um, and yeah. music technology, but the sound recording yeah. it was done with analog setup. So we had the reel to reel. We had um, oh, yeah. it yeah. was a it was an eight track Tascam thing, and um, yeah. also like the the, <laughs> au- yeah, the audio editing was all done on again a reel to reel with a razor blade and, and tape. So if you wanted to cut yeah. up. Yeah. Like certain tracks, like one of the projects was to cut a three-minute song into thirty-second like advert, if you will. Um, yeah, and I did, yeah,
1: I did it. I did it. I did it all myself. I had a Tascam eight track, learned learned the same way back. Yeah, back in the day. And then, uh, funnily enough, you mentioned editing with a razor blade. Um, I did some edits on some recordings one day with the it was the flying pickets. Oh, blimey! Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I that, do. That, uh, Chris a christmas hit single but um because it was just voices there was no music mm. just voices you know you, you you could you could hear everything very clearly yeah and the edit that i'd done i was getting a little click as it went past the tape head you know so i rang up i was really baffled i mean i tried to remake the edit a couple of times and it was clicking and I rang up this engineer that I knew, a guy called Adam Foost, very experienced man mm. who I'd recorded with before. And I said, Adam, I, I've got, I've done this edit, and I've got a real problem. It keeps clicking every time it goes past <laughs> the, the tape head. And um, I said, I don't know what to do. You know? He said, Ah, oh, you've a magnetised razor blade you're using. So when you cut the tape, you're actually putting a signal on there. That if you've got a Demagnetizer. You need to run it across the razor blade to demagnetize the razor blade, and then do the edit. Oh! So I'm like, really, really. <laughs> yeah. So I had to go back and do all this performance, and and as he said, it was absolutely fine then. <laughs> so yeah, the, there was a lot to learn in them days.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was um. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't fall into that. Uh, I didn't have that issue with what I was obviously because they may have just already had that sorted, but. Um, mm. yeah, no, that's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I often like tell sort of, sort of some younger people, like when I'm in a studio or something like that, or cause I, I have a digital setup as well now where it's kind of, yeah you know, is kind of good plug in and play. Everything's on the system. Um,
1: uh, so much. She's so oh, much. Yeah. It, well, it is.
0: Yeah. It's a lot hey. more portable. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like for sure. just going through the actual wave file now and just clicking away and editing, clipping it out and. You know, uh, it's yeah. so much easier than than going through having to sort of wind it slowly, getting to the point you want to edit, slice, yeah, bring it back round yeah. the other parts, really. slice, then bring it together, put it tape it down, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I often regale them with that. <laughs> but that's a new one. I didn't yeah. know about that magnetized bit, but it does make sense because obviously it's a magnetic strip. So
1: um. we we always refer to it nowadays as as, as steam steam driven recording. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and the flying pickets as well. I've got that song in my head. Suddenly, <laughs>
1: da, 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 da. yeah. What was it called? Uh, and all I ever knew, yeah. Only you, yeah. was oh, a pretty song, actually. It was.
0: It was. It was another one that my dad listened to a lot and stuff, like in the car. Yeah. So it's just like it's one of those things. Where it's oh, yeah. And they were like an a cappella group, weren't they? So
1: that's right. Yeah. yeah unusual.
0: Yeah, it was for the. Yeah. I mean, for the time, it was. I mean, you got there's a few around now. I think Pentatonics are in, like one that are doing. Over in the States, they're quite a big sort of a cappella group. Um,
1: yeah. Well, kinda... I think it's more of a tradition there, really, going back to, you know, the 30s, the 40s and stuff yeah.
0: um, in America. Yeah, with the old barbershop quartets and things. And That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. Well, um, we're going to wrap things up uh, in a second. I've just got a couple of questions left for you, if that's all right. Um, this one maybe. be... Sure. Um, probably, a little, I don't know if it's going to be tricky or not, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. Um, your yeah. three top albums that kind of have defined your career, the ones that you've listened to, not ones you've made, but ones you've kind of wow. heard okay. and gone, you know, that. You know, that's something.
1: Okay. I loved the Beatles' White Album. Cool. It got some very bad press because of the... Charlie Manson thing was, you know, the murders in Los Angeles in the 60s, and uh, apparently they used to listen to it, um, Elter Skelter and all that lot. I mean, there are just some absolutely brilliant tracks on there. Um, Ooh, tricky. (laughs) Uh, Who's next, is it? Uh, the, The Who album with Won't Get Fooled Again, Bob O'Reilly, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And then, oh, God, there are so many albums I could pick. There (laughs) really are. Um, Another one would probably be much more recent. That would be the Muse album. Okay, yep. Um, With uh, Take a Bow uh black holes and revelations oh yeah 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 that oh. album that is a brilliant brilliant album and and um you know a, a really great band as well from the west country They where are indeed. Came from.
0: <laughs> yeah they are yeah i've seen them over the years um playing uh, i've never
1: actually seen them perform i'd love to see them on stage
0: yeah no they were i mean i saw them probably back in i think it was 80 no no sorry 99 2000 reading festival oh, i yeah. think was the first time i saw them and um yeah fantastic live band just huge for the sound yeah. i mean there's three of them but it it's just like massive just sounds big is, you yeah. know they make a huge kind of impact on you but yeah no they're a fantastic band um mm. and did have done very well about themselves you know really yeah mm. um and uh f- Another one, um, your hobbies away from music. So when you're not producing, when you're not writing music, do you do anything else? You got any other hobbies or anything?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: stock car racing. Really? <laughs> what, actually partaking um, or watching?
1: No, no, my brother did. My my brother got, he, he had all the kit and had a car made. I mean, I'm talking, I mean, we call it stock car racing. I'm talking about bangers. Yes, you know the 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 modified street cars. You know where, where you put put the radiator inside the vehicle, so that when you get hit, it's not all over. Yes. Um. I mean, we we used to have a, a racetrack at Plough Lane in Wimbledon that I used to go to. I don't. I think they've stopped racing there. Um. I haven't been in years. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing I've always been very fond of. Um. British motorsport. Uh, I mean, I've watched it in in America, um, and the rules and regulations there are crazy. You you know, they stop the race the minute anyone makes contact with someone else. Um, In Britain, it's a lot crazier, and they're they're more liberal. Yes. Um, So it's consequently a a lot more exciting. Yes. Although, having said that, American drag racing is, is pretty um it's pretty impressive yes so yeah I mean I don't get along as often as I should but always been very very fond of motorsport generally I mean you know I used to go to Brand's Hatch lot as well I and mean, then I even remember when we used to go down there and watch the the British Grand Prix. You know, back to the days when James Hunt was wow. racing. Yes. You know, Clay Regazzoni from Italy, and James Hunt, and God knows who else, um, Jody Schechter. But um, also, I have been a lifelong uh, football fan. Okay. And um, you know, I, I grew up in Torquay. Yeah. In the West Country, so Torquay United was a of a not really the best <laughs> team ever, I sort of struggled to stay in, in the fourth division. But um, since I came to London in '69, um, I mean the nearest team to where I've been living w- would be Chelsea, really, okay. or, or Chelsea Chelsea as we yes. call them nowadays because yes. they're owned by a Russian. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I also I love. I love going to. I mean, I've been to West Ham. I've been to all the London grounds: the old, uh, Highbury, the old Arsenal ground, yeah, um, Tottenham. I, but Crystal Palace, in particular, Sellhurst Park. Uh, I lo- love that ground because, and they're, they've
0: always been. Well, thank you again, Martin. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, and, bye. um Yeah, thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Sure, my pleasure. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.